When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. What's up, people? Welcome to the Sharp Tongue Podcast. Today, we talk about a lot of shit. We talk about Last Comic Standing. We talk about getting older. We talk about being turned on by females' visible muscle tone. Uh, We talk a lot about what's going on in the world. We talk about cops being shot. What the fuck is happening in the world, man? You got to tune in. You got to listen. Tell your friends about the Sharp Tongue Podcast. On this episode, we got comedian Alonzo Bowden. Buckle in, y'all. Hootie hoo! I'm so glad y'all are here. I'm really, really happy about it. Um, let me tell you guys where I'm going to be. I'm going to be places live. Please come see me. August is chuck full. Um, tomorrow, the 21st, I will be in Bakersfield, California at the Tembler Brewing Company with my boy, Jimmy Wisman. Everybody show up, show up, show up with the love. Um, if you want a chance to win free tickets, email me at sharptonguepodcast at gmail.com. Um, I'm giving away a bunch of tickets, so check that out. That's at the Tembler Brewing Company in Bakersfield, California, tomorrow night. Showtime at 7 o'clock. And then, what else do I have going on here? I'll be at Just for Laughs Comedy Festival. Very excited about that. I got accepted in. Um, That's going to be in Montreal. I will be up there the 27th through the 1st of August. And then I will be in Grand Rapids, Michigan. August 18th, 19th, and 20th at Dr. Grin's Comedy Club in Grand Rapids, Michigan, 18th, 19th, and 20th of August. The 26th of August, I'll be at Iowa State University. The 27th of August, I will be in Annapolis, Maryland at Ram's Head on Stage. And September 1st through the 3rd, I'll be at Comics in in Mohegan Sun. I'm sorry, Comics Mohegan Sun in Connecticut. So all those dates are available at jessiemay.com. I'm giving tickets away for all of them. Email me at sharptonguepodcast at gmail. I also have given away my Snash Jewelry custom rings to the two girls who sent me embarrassing stories. So listen to last week's podcast and the podcast before that. I mentioned the winners on last week's podcast, which I believe was, was that the 4th of, of Jewel High? Was that last week already? No, last week was Stephen Glickman. So I mentioned the winner on Stephen Glickman's episode. And the weekend before that, the show before that, 4th of Jewel High, I mentioned the other winner. So you got to tune in to, to know if you won or not. Listen, you got to be responsible with your life. I can't, I can't hold your hand. But two girls sent in really embarrassing stories. One was a cheerleader. One was about butthole bleaching. Um, and girl, I want you to, to hit me up. I want to call this place. I told you last week. I was like, let's call this place and see what their deal is. Because I'm going to take care of your butthole. Um, 
So check out check out jessiemay.com. Come see me live. Um, a lot of shit happening. Uh, Jesus. Melania Trump, her speech, everyone. If you don't know what that was all about, look, just go on YouTube and type in anything. Type in poop and I'm sure the video will come up. Um, she so-called plagiarized Michelle Obama's speech from years ago. But, you know, it's all tactics, man. All this shit at this point is just tactics. It's all tactics to get eyes on Trump. It's all tactics to get voters to support him. You know, people support craziness. So, you know, they go out there and and they're attracted to whatever's going on. I mean, people, I feel like this political race is a circus. And, and you, you motherfuckers, I'm a comedian. Okay. I'm not a politician. I know a little bit about a lot. I posted a picture of Melania Trump. I posted it on my Facebook page and on on Instagram and the Trump supporters, you guys are violent. You guys are violent and angry people. And I'm, I'm saying just from my experience, I'm not trying to generalize. I'm just saying in my experience, you guys, you got a lot of hate. It seems like you have a lot of hate in you. The people who have contacted me who took offense to me posting something about Melania Trump. Motherfuckers, I'm a comedian. This is my motherfucking job to make fun of things. To bring into light some of the absurdities that happen in our culture. And I'm sorry, but Melania Trump saying a speech that Michelle Obama said almost word for word. Definitely wasn't 100% plagiarized, but it was almost verbatim is ridiculous. We have to talk about it. Does it mean I support Trump? No. Does it mean I support Hillary? No. So you motherfuckers got to stop filling in the blanks and just look at it as entertainment. Stop persecuting comedians. You know, you got to stop uh, treating us like, you know, you got to understand what our jobs are. First of all, You got to understand what we're here for. Okay? We are here to make you motherfuckers laugh about crazy shit that's going on in in the world. All right? And I I don't mean to equate it to suffering of Jewish people, but I'm just trying to tell you just don't 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 hang us out to dry, man. Let us be your release. So if I make a post about Melania Trump, fuck off with your with your political agenda. I don't have a political agenda. My only agenda is to make you laugh and to make myself laugh. Don't read into my shit too much. I'll let you know when I'm trying to make a point. My podcast, I try and make points. Sometimes on Twitter once in a while, I'll get into what's going on, some social commentary. Very infrequently because I like to keep it entertaining. I like to keep my social media entertaining. I use my podcast to get into some realer shit. I use my podcast to smoke my weed, to think about what's happening in the world, break it down a bit, laugh about it a bit, cry about it a bit, and hopefully come out on the other end with you motherfuckers having a good time. So if you're up on my Facebook pan pa- fan page, pan page, <laughs> if you're all up on my Facebook pan page, if you're all up on my Facebook fan page going crazy over a post I did making fun of Melania Trump, you are using your energy in the wrong places. Maybe you should... Focus your energy on doing something proactive. You need to be more efficacious with your, you know, with your free time. Did I use that word right? I've been trying to use bigger words. Efficacious. Did I, let's see if I said it right. Efficient, right? 
efficacious. Yeah, fuck yeah. I used it right. Woo! I just did I just did word check on myself. <laughs> Cuz I don't want you guys to hear me saying persecution. You're like, "Well, that has to do with religion and that's not really what happened to you. The Jews were persecuted. You you you're 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 being rude and we're going to blog about it." No, okay? Listen. So just calm down. But I want to read some of this shit you guys posted. Um so go go to my Facebook fan page. Check out my Melania picture. Even on Instagram, someone goes, someone is jealous. Jealous of Melania Trump? Are you crazy? I am a little bit. Her her, her uh, Botox looks real good. I'm real jealous of that. What else? Let's see what else. Um, Stranger Danger. She married him for love. I used to be like you. I used to be like you, but people in your position of celebrity should keep your mouth shut on things like this. You hurt your brand. Okay, Brian Henry. Really? I used to be like you, but people in your position of celebrity should keep your mouth shut on things like this. Are you a dumb motherfucker? Celebrities need to open their mouths. Who who do you think who do you think sort of carves trends in 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 society, especially when it comes to pop culture? People like I do. People like other famous celebrities, A-listers, people talking about stuff of of power and of notoriety. That's a good thing, Brian Henry. I used to be like you, but people in your... What did you used to do, Mr. Henry? You used to be like me? Really? You sound like a pussy. And I mean that in the nicest way. <laughs> I will not keep my mouth shut. That is the opposite of what I should do. Um, we live in America. We have freedoms. People have fought and lost their lives for those freedoms. So if you want me to shut my mouth, why don't you move to a country where you are supposed to keep your mouth shut? Maybe you don't belong in America, motherfucker. I don't hurt my brand. You're hurting yourself. Sounding like such a dumb idiot. (laughs) You people are crazy, man. I'm just having fun, but I gotta let you know when you say some dumb shit, I'm gonna say it back. Someone else said I liked it better when I didn't know your opinion. Bitch, what do you think I get paid doing? Talking about my opinion, Olivia Nissan. Yeah, I see you in your cowboy hat. I'm talking to you. I liked it better when I didn't know your opinion. Really? You just liked it better when my opinion didn't match yours. And that's the problem with America. We should be able to have separate opinions and come together as people to make a good decision. But you sound like you have a little bit of a problem. You sound like you might have a pride issue. Yeah, I bet you do. I bet you have a bit of a pride issue. (laughs) And me having a post about Melania Trump doesn't mean it's my opinion. Again, I am a motherfucking stand-up comedian. Whether you like it or not, all you haters and trolls, I get paid to, to, to tell jokes. Ha, ha. Whether you think it's funny or not, the great thing about that, somebody else will think it's funny. So deal with it. If you're going to voice your opinion, at least stay out of politics. I'm unfollowing you because of your ignorance. Dale Stevens, bye. (laughs) Bye, Dale. (laughs) If you're going to voice your opinion, at least stay out of politics. What are you people talking about? Do you know what country you live in? Are you aware of your fucking rights? I have a right to my opinion. I get paid for my opinion. And sometimes, majority of the time, I'm not even trying to voice my opinion. I'm just trying to have fucking fun and try and make you people have fun. At least stay out of politics. Why, Dale? 
why should I stay out of politics? Because I'm a woman? Because my viewpoint doesn't match yours? I'm unfollowing you because of your ignorance. What's ignorant about making a joke? I get paid to make jokes. I will say this over and over until you people get it. (laughs) Dale, Dale, until you understand. What's more ignorant is you telling me to shut my mouth when I'm supposed to open my mouth. Hello? I think you need to look at your passport and see what country you are from because you do not sound like a proud American. <laughs> Let's see what else. Um, someone said you should really use your stardom for Bernie all the way. Well, I'm sorry, Emily. Bernie didn't quite make it. He, he was close and I liked his ideas, you know, uh, but he just didn't do it. I'm, I'm sad about it, but what are you, what are you going to do? Okay, what, what's going to happen? Somebody else said Hillary is a blathering dipshit. Trump makes it happen. What does he make happen, Pete? I'm not saying Hillary isn't a blathering dipshit. I just want to know what Trump what Trump makes happen. You said he makes it happen. Just tell me what it is. <laughs> Someone else said bye, Felicia. You guys are crazy. Crazy. I can't handle you guys. You you're so you're so live. You you guys are so live. <laughs> well, I did ask some questions on my Facebook fan page. I do this once in a while. I used to do it a lot more in the beginning of the podcast and I'm going to start bringing it back where I answer your questions. Cause I like to talk to you. I like to talk shit to you as you can tell. Um, and so I, I, I'll post these Q and A's once in a while for the podcast. I'm going to start doing it more, but I asked a couple days ago, two days ago for this podcast, if you guys wanted to ask some questions, I'll answer them. So autumn and Marie illusion. If you couldn't make it as a comedian, what was going to be your fallback plan? I didn't have a fallback plan. I, I didn't know. I, I never, it's not even like I, I was had, had that much confidence in stand-up comedy. I just had that much laziness to not also create a backup plan. I was like, well, this will work, right? I mean, I, I just don't have the desire or the time or energy to create another plan. So I'm going to go with this one. But, you know, I think sometimes when you don't have backup plans, it makes you realize you don't need one, really. Um, if you just f- really commit and approach something with an open mind and, and figure out a way to use all of your resources, you'll make it work and you'll find other avenues through the path you're on and you'll, you'll find what you're meant to do. If you keep your mind open and your, and your, you know, your viewpoints open and try and be as resourceful as you can, you'll figure it the fuck out. Okay. Autumn and Marie. Mark Welsh asks, when I win tickets to your show, is it the first year there's no Pittsburgh show? Oh, why when I went tickets to your show is it the first year there's no Pittsburgh show? Mark, I was just in Pittsburgh a little while ago. Um, we'll figure out how to get you to a show, okay? We will figure it out. Um, email me. I'll, I'll figure it out how to get to you to a close show. And, and I'll let you know when I'm close to Pittsburgh. Mark Welsh, okay? Joe Copland says, how bad do you want to kick Jimmy Wisman in the junk? <laughs> I kick him in the junk all the time, okay? Theoretically. Katie Pratt, what's your favorite joke of my, of mine or of somebody else's? One of my favorite Carlin jokes is when he talks about, um, this is an you know, older joke, when he talks about people saying, we need to save the whales, we need to save Earth. And the whole joke is about how Earth is fine, how we're the ones who are fucked. It's a really, really good joke. Uh, I've always loved that one. Check that joke out. And just Carlin in general, so damn good. Um, Robert Jackson asks, have you done any stripping? Really, Robert? Why are you asking? Do you own a club? Because I will come and try it out. 
No, I haven't done any stripping. I, I Things never got that bad. I did work at a strip club for a day. And I talk about that on my Jamie Lee podcast that I did a few weeks ago. So listen to that. Um, Blake Sherman, who is the most overrated stand-up comic ever? That's a tough question, Blake. I don't, I don't know how to answer that because anybody who's getting their money is getting their money and I'm not hating them for it. Um, I, I don't like to talk crap about comedians or anybody really like that. I, I can't think of anybody overrated. Maybe me at points of my career. <laughs> Maybe me next year. We don't know what's going to happen. I could become the most overrated stand-up comic ever. You don't know. So let's just wait on that one. Um, Matthew Kupfer, you have a chance to time travel, but you can only pick one. Going to the past or going to the future? Which one do you pick and why? The future, motherfucker! Because they're going to replace my organs. I'll be able to live forever. I'll be able to get past all this dumb crazy shit that's happening in society maybe it'll be better maybe it'll be worse i don't know but i want to go to the future i want to do that marty mcfly shit maybe i'll finally get a real hoverboard (laughs) well thank you guys for your questions i appreciate it i appreciate you communicating with me and i even appreciate the haters because you know you guys have a place in this world and it's near the bottom but i'll i'll be down there with you once in a while just to remind you uh, how much further you have to climb to get to the top to see the light. But it's okay. I'm here. I'm here for everybody. I'm glad you guys are here. This episode is a fun one. Um, I interviewed somebody who I really don't know personally, but I knew professionally. I've, I've respected his career. I've followed his career for a while. He has run the gamut of the career as far as like the comedy spectrum. He's done it all. And he considers himself the quote-unquote old man of comedy, which I wouldn't say that because he still is vivacious. He still has musculature. He has muscle definition. He's still doing his thing. And he's a beast on stage. Just so damn funny. And he's the type of comic when you watch him, you're just like, damn, I I need to go back home and write some more. (laughs) Uh, I hope you guys enjoy my interview with Alonzo Bowden. Hootie hoo. using all the lingo drop a marker look at that right voice there. we good we're back here at the sharp tongue podcast we decided to add a little uh a little uh, flavor in the house we're just gonna I'm do just three gonna people for, i'm just gonna hang for a few minutes. hang for a few minutes it's a it's a two-way i'm getting dp'd right now just yeah. verbally all dp'd right. we got mr alonzo bowden up in here good afternoon how you doing literally, sir literally it good is afternoon. it's literally two twelve oh seven yeah so I made it. I'm good. How you doing? I'm well. We were up here talking about this crazy man's career. Steve is he's hilarious. And and that oh, was stop. No, back when the, the last comic days, you weren't you coming out of Dante? You were like yes, working I with was. Dante. You were in a workshop <laughs> or oh something. God. I was taking with I, him. I was taking stand-up classes. Well, yeah. you did last yeah. comic. Oh god. No, but it yeah. was right before. It was like kind of like coming out of that and into uh into like the real world. And had you known Alonzo prior to last comic? I mean, you knew who he was, of of course. We may have met, but he was funny and he was playful. I do remember that. I remember you were kind of, yeah, you were, you were like a, like some standups like me are just like, we stand there and talk and we're like (laughs) focused on it and this and that. But you always had, you had that playfulness about you that, uh, yeah, he was great. He was great. He was new. He was a rookie, but he was still good. Yeah. You know, so. What did, what did you get, like, from uh, from being a judge on that show and being a stand-up comedian? Like, how did that oh influence you? It must have changed you a, a did, little bit. You, I'll tell you, the first thing was, 
I realized, like having one last comic standing, I never really realized how big it was right. because when I did it, my whole thing was just survive to next week. Right. <laughs> Literally, like that's the way I looked at it. I didn't think about, I didn't think about how big it was. So when I became a judge and we traveled all around, I was like, wow, I beat a lot of people. <laughs> you yeah. know, that was, that was one feeling, but no, what you find out as a judge, I found out what it's like to be on the other side of a casting table. And I, and I said, this is how I'd break it down out of 100%. We had 10% that were complete train wrecks, had no business being there. You know, ex-porn stars, people <laughs> who just stood in line because they didn't have anything else to do. Oh people who told three jokes at, at work or something. My mom right? thinks I'm funny. Yeah. Then we had 80% were... They were okay. They were comics. They had been doing comedy three, four, five years. They, they might have been funny, maybe had some road gigs, you know, some road middles, hosts, blah, right. blah, blah. They, they were all right, they, but they weren't ready yet, you know. And then we had 10% that were ready. They were good. Um, and, you know, they may or may not make it. I put Steve in that category. They they did enough to be the the t- tough thing was to be identifiable, right? And, and we had discer- yeah different. From we had else. certain things that we hated, like what? Okay, like Kathleen hated twofers, and what a twofer <laughs> is is when you come in. Oh, my mom's Iranian and my dad's Puerto Rican, so I bomb bodegas or something. You know what right. I mean? Like half and half. Yeah, she hated that. I didn't like people who didn't use their real name. If you came in with a nickname. You know, my name is Heart Love. No, it's not. No, it's, I'm not going to put Heart Love on TV. Heart Love, fuck off. You know, I just, I did not like, I did not like nickname. Yeah, you get, Shit. you get all kind of crazy nickname type stuff. So that, so that bothered me. But then the the other the the, the hardest ones. Okay, there were five percent. Continuing my hundred percent, five percent walked in and made it. Killer comics, been doing it a long time. Pros hit the audition, and you knew no question they're good enough. I, uh, Ralph Harris, for example, yeah. Yeah. was one of those. Ralph was, you know, just a killer pro, ready to go. Um, the toughest five percent were the five percent that were good enough. But why do we pick you over you? That right. that those were the hardest ones. Where you know, it's like, okay, so we got you know, comic A and comic B. Why should one of them move on? Those, those were the hardest ones to to make the decision. The funniest thing was judging people who I had opened for. Oh, man. You know, I, I had Bob Zaney. Early in my career, I worked for Zaney so much. Bob Zaney used to book a bunch of one-nighters up and down California, yeah. and I used to work his rooms all the time. Uh, Shoemaker, I had opened for Shoemaker in the past. Wally Collins, like I remembered Wally, Wally Collins. Collins. Wally hosted MTV, yeah. you know, back in the day before I was mm-hmm. even, you know, when I was open micing, he was hosting a TV show. And what happened with Wally, Wally's a great comic. Wally and Shoemaker both made the same mistake. They picked the wrong material. They, you, know, you think they picked material that is pleasing instead of material no, they wanted just, to do? No, for whatever reason... I don't know why they picked it. It wasn't bad, but like when you did, you did the more, the daytime audition, right? That's when we pass Steve. When you come in, you do two minutes for us during right. the day. Yeah. Then if we pass you, you go on at night in front of the crowd, and then it's kind of how much does the crowd like you, right? So that when they went up at night, they picked the wrong material. So that, in other words, that it's all about 
who's laughing that night in that crowd. Yeah. You know what I mean? Yeah. So we couldn't pass them based on the fact, like, I know you're a brilliant comic, but we can't send you to the next round based on that. It has to be based on what happened that night. Right. And, and if you pick the wrong material and it doesn't go over oh. for that crowd, you know, it doesn't, that, that's it, you know? And so that was, that was, um, that was tough. And then there were others we were dead wrong, you know? That you thought we, would we be passed, good and they didn't. Okay, and I'll give you an example. And he has a nickname, Lil Rel. <laughs> Lil Rel? Lil oh, Rel. Shit. We passed we passed on Lil Rel. And now, you know, he's a star on, on um, the Carmichael show yeah. and doing all of his own thing. But part of the problem he had was that a lot of them had. We expected most comics, obviously, you expect to be in New York or L.A. So the, so the show has like 40 spots for semifinalists. Right. And they budgeted, you know, 25 of them to be out of New York and L.A. Well, the Minnesota, the Midwest, had the strongest lineup of comics. It was an unbelievable, because it was all the Midwest. It was the Chicago comics and the Minnesota yeah, and Minnesota Nashville and all of that. You know, comedians. They were all auditioning in Minnesota. So we only had like six spots and we should have had, you know, a dozen. And that's one of the reasons Lil Rel didn't make it because there was so few. We They were telling comics in Minnesota, they were like, can you please make it to Phoenix? Can you get to Phoenix for right. that audition? Because then we have, you know, more openings or whatever. But it was what it was. So uh, it was a great experience. It was fun. So I probably learned more about what comics were doing. And it was the longest period in my career that I ever went without performing. How long? Oh, that gives me like an anxiety. I went six, seven weeks without getting on stage. And do you remember getting on stage the first oh, time? Oh, yeah. Was yeah. it rusty? Yeah. It was rusty, but it was fun. I went <laughs> on. We, we did the audition in um, in San Antonio, and they were having some kind of show. And I was like, look, I got to do a spot. I <laughs> got to like, yeah, get up. you know. And, <laughs> and fortunately, I did well enough that they didn't question me as a judge, right? Because oh, they're all there. God. They're all there. And they're like, man, if you bomb... You know, we're going to talk shit. And it was like, no, there's a reason I'm here. Yeah. I got this. Yeah. So. Do you remember uh, when Lunell, Lunell was at the... Uh, at I the, don't remember Lunell's audition. They did um, a they did a thing uh, when this was the best. So I'll just say this real quick. And mm -hmm. I, I'll get yeah, it. Yeah, yeah. I don't no, want to be... Please. You know, um, they did this thing where they lined all of us up on stage and, and stuff. And then uh, they have... Lunell was one of the people that was on the stage standing there with us. And uh, every time, <laughs> every time they'd go, and the next person moving on is, and she'd go, "It's me," and then she would just walk, <laughs> and they'd be like, "No, no, please go back, Linnell, please go back, please." And the audience would laugh, and they'd put her back in. She'd be like, "When they gotta call my name? This is some bullshit right now." And then they'd be like, "The next person is, you know, John Reap or whatever." They'd name someone else, right. and they, that person would get up and go, and then. And then they'd go, and the next person is, and she'd go, it's me. And she just did it like, <laughs> she did it like four times. And they Beyond were like, when should be funny. I, mm -hmm. I don't think she no, ended she up did. moving on. I don't, well, I don't remember. The one I remember, and it was from the year I auditioned, Lavelle Crawford <laughs> oh my God. auditioned. Wow. And they passed on Lavelle. Because there were certain people that I was looking at that I was sweating. And he was one of them. I was like, man, I don't want to go up against Lavelle. Right. Lavelle, that's 
he's a powerhouse, you know what I mean? And and yeah, they passed on him. So it was it was fun. I had a lot of fun with Last Comic Standing. Obviously, it got trashed quite a bit, and it's, most of the people mad at it were people that didn't get picked. Of course, right? And most of them got over it in time. There were a few that carried it. There, every now and then, I'll still get somebody. Hey, you passed on me at Last Comic. Really? You remember that? <laughs> like, I'm sorry. I you know, twelve years ago now. Whatever. They're just in your closet but, watching you sleep every yeah, night. Yeah. That's, uh, <laughs> you one thing and then I'm going to leave. Yeah. Take off. You're going to be like Linnell yeah. right no, now. Yeah. <laughs> one thing and then I'm going to take off. At I'm waiting to go into audition for you. Okay. I'm standing there in line and the guy in front of me turns to me and he goes, uh, he goes, hey, you want to hear my joke I'm about to do inside? You want to hear what I'm doing? And I go, <laughs> I mean, if you want to, he goes, I'll tell you, but don't you fucking steal it. Yeah. Yeah. That was, go, yeah. All right. What's the joke? He goes. Why should you never bring hot dogs to a gay barbecue? I go, why? And he goes, because everybody's going to stick them in their asses. And that would be that first 10% I was telling you about. That, Like, no, they ain't going to. He walks in into the improv right here. The door, those flap doors flap open. He busts through the door, right? Like he's Doors got it. start flapping. They're slowly <laughs> flapping. They're almost set. And I just see him fucking poof right back out the door. I was like, oh, shit. And you know what? There's nothing better than going up after that. Yeah. Like that is, I, I just went up at the club a couple nights ago after a dude that ate, he just ate shit so fucking hard. It is and nice going up after it's that. Either, yeah, I either want to go up after someone who just killed or someone who just ate it. Because any anything in between. It's a challenge is, that yeah, way. Yeah. It's a challenge. Then yeah. it's fun. It's either like a way, game. it's a challenge. Anyways, I, I, love, I, I love watching them. Bye, Glickman. It's been a pleasure, care, Shrek. Great scene. Thanks, buddy. It was so fun. Thanks for having me. You have a good time. Get, Get the hell out of here. Bye, Look at them yelling like they're more than three feet from each other. <laughs> I know, we're screaming so those at who each are other. Listening, for those who are listening, they were literally... <laughs> Three feet three from each other. They were yelling as if Steve were down the stairs and in the parking lot. I don't know how you young people do it these days. How old are you, uh, Alonzo? 54. Holy Turned 54 fuck. last week. Yes, everyone in comedy is younger than me except Dom Herrera. But you're in fucking shape. I. It's on the outside. You're broken. <laughs> on the inside, it's just cobwebs On the inside, and oh, it, it hurts. It hurts. <laughs> It just don't move like it used to. No, I've always, um, I've always worked out, so it's always been, you know, just there. Um, I had, I had an experience recently. When I say recently, this was last year. It was really funny. So I was doing a podcast with Terrell Owens with To. Mm -hmm. We were doing a football podcast, and Terry Crews is a friend of his. So Terry Crews came in as a guest. For those listening, Terry Crews is the really big, muscular black guy who's funny. He's on. <laughs> Brooklyn Nine Nine. He does he's the great. Old Spice commercials. He's yeah. He's he's hilarious. He, he does the, the chest. He bounces his chest, pecs. Yeah, yeah, the pec the pec muscle thing. So, I this I don't know how long ago there was a Schwarzenegger movie. It was about cloning. And oh yeah. The sixth something, whatever it was. The sixth so element. Maybe I don't know what it was. It was something. But uh, Terry Crews and I were up for the same role. I didn't know at the time it was him. But we were up for the same role as a henchman, right? And my thing was, I, I made it funny because we would keep getting killed and coming back. That was the cloning thing. <laughs> and I thought that was funny. So when I did it, the director, whoever he was, he said, wow, we never thought of this as funny. And I'm like, the hell is wrong with you? It's hilarious. So <laughs> so it came down to me and Terry. They loved how I made it funny. They loved that Terry was, Terry's like a monster when it comes to muscle and being in shape. I think right, the guy yeah. is like 
3% body fat or something like that. So He's anyway, like Mount Washington. Right. So he got the job. So now it's umpteen years later, I meet him. I say, yo, man, you destroyed my movie career. <laughs> I had a shot. And you. so he said, man, whenever you get mad at me, take a look at this. And he showed me a YouTube clip of when he played pro football, getting knocked the fuck out. Like he got like, hit. It was Done. one of those hits where they hit him and then you thought he was dead. He was just oh, laying there. Fuck. And he said, whenever you're mad at me, you can always just watch me get knocked <laughs> the fuck out. And uh, we've been cool. I bumped into him a few times since then. But He's really yeah. sweet. I He's did. a nice He's, uh, guy. The Funniest Fails. Did you do World's Funniest Fails? No, no. He, they had, uh, you know, they give gifts like when you perform yeah. on it. And one of them was a hand towel and his face on it. And it was his face, and underneath it said cloth. <laughs> and I have that in my bathroom. And it's just like Terry Crews' face on my Terry Crews is hanging out in your bathroom. That's funny. Yeah, he's a good dude. Yeah, he is. He is. You've been um, you've been at this for some time, huh? I've been I'm 23 years in, and, uh, you know, I still love stand-up, like, yeah. almost too much, you know? You have um, to love it. But but I never, I never pursued acting hard you know what i mean i would like go on auditions here and there but i still love stand-up and the, and the funny thing now is in the past five or six years i've become the old guy so <laughs> like for auditioning no no or just in general no young comics young comics come to me and ask me more questions about you know what to do uh, what I, what do i think it is what was it like back in the day this or that and it's funny because when i was a rookie like george wallace was one of my mentors oh my and God. now these guys ask me word for word the same questions I used to ask him. That's when I knew I'd become the old guy. I was like, wait a minute. <laughs> Not only are they asking me this shit, I know this shit. So I guess I have been been in the game. But yeah, I've been been in the game a long time, still grinding. And um, How do you feel like on, on either end of social media? Because, you know, I... I missed it. I missed it. Me and Heffron joke about this all the time. So we were a little too young, too new. Shouldn't say too young, too new. We missed the boom of the 80s. Yeah. We've just missed it. We started in the early 90s. Ugh. And then when social media blew up, we were just a little too old. <laughs> so we timed it perfectly to not make it on either end. We literally said, you know what would be good? The middle. We're going to go with the middle. I, you know, I'm happy for people in social media. Dane's a friend of mine. And yeah. I, I was working with Dane all the time at Dublin's. And, right. and this it was a great time for everybody. We had all of us who worked Dublin's had fun. I'm sure you've heard the story. Yes. But it was so weird because it seemed overnight and Dane became ridiculously famous, it like not yeah. a little. But it was like, where are you working this week? Oh, I'm doing a Tampa improv. Where are you going? Oh, I'm going to Hilarities in Cleveland. Oh, where are you going? I'm going to, you know whatever, in Detroit. Then it's a month later. Where are you going? Oh, I'm going to the Improv in San Jose. Oh, I'm going to Madison Square Garden. What? You're like, yeah, you're like, what? and it's sold out. <laughs> and it's sold the fuck what? out. You do where? You, you need an opener? Yeah. <laughs> but but that was the start. MySpace was the first big one, and he knew that, and we, nobody else did. He, he got was, ahead of that. He was on Facebook when it was only college students because he was a big-time college comic at the time. And... My my thing with social media, I like it. My fans are a little older than social media. Right. So I've never had the big hit. I have like 25,000 followers. And I was talking with Fitzsimmons about it once. And Fitz said, well, the, the thing about it is you have 25,000 real followers. Like they're actually yeah, and they're fans engaged. of yours. 
as opposed to having, you know, 100,000 who've heard your name. I'm like, yeah, but they want you to have 100,000. So it, it doesn't, it's so weird. It, it is what it is. I, I, um, the only thing, the only I'd say negative to comedy that has happened as a result of social media is the one bit wonder. Yes. Which, and how that sort of sets the comedic standard. Right. There, there was a time, you know, let me get old on you. Go ahead. You, you had to have an act. Yep. You had to have an act. And, and, the one bit wonder, just like the one hit wonder in music, they only have that one clip and they do a live show and the audience is there to see them do that bit. That's it. Like they, the rest is just noise. They don't even know? give a fuck. Right. They're like it, what's all this other mishmash? Right. Give and us what we want. It's the same thing with music, right? If you have a one hit wonder, they play other songs and you're like, what, like, is, what this? is this shit? Well, nobody heard this shit. But then they, <laughs> they, then they play their hit and everybody loses their mind, yeah. right? So it's it's the same thing. So I don't I don't knock it. It 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 is what it is. It it has its good points, like anything else, good points and bad points. Um it's tougher for the new comics because and well you did it, you've done incredibly well, but but the new comic you're totally expected to build your own name. Yeah. You know, like when it's, I started uh, on the road right. in the 90s, you had local radio stations still. So when you went to a town, you did five radio spots yep. and that filled the club. That's all gone now. It's all gone, especially so. because the way people digest radio now they yeah. have pandora they've got spotify they have all these other things they're not even engaged in the radio anymore right and there's no late night and there's no know, late night the, the, nobody watches anything in particular i i have to say when i finally did the tonight show and leno was great to me with the tonight show even though it wasn't the same as doing it with johnny it still felt good oh yeah cause you know it's still it's like legitimizing. tonight show you yeah. know that that that's a show everyone's heard of so that that was really cool. But was the uh, prep hard? Everyone always talks about the prep. Like no, for you, no, because um, you're you're you just you're you're focused. Well, you seem over focused. There's two reasons. One, I was coming off last comic standing, right? So I'm coming off of a of doing a ton of TV yep. spots, you know, Hot. a ton of four minute TV spots. The other is because I'm a setup punch guy. It's never hard for me to do a short set. When people say you got to do three minutes, I'm like, okay, because I know how to pull. Like to me, it's always I always look at it like Sports Center. Yeah, you're not watching the game. This is the highlights, right? But, but my act is the type I can pull highlights out and just throw them together. And I think it was Rich Scheidner who gave me the best tip. He said it doesn't have to make sense. Like segueing and no, all. No, he it's said, true. don't waste any time. It doesn't have to be segue. He said, listen, you could talk about your car, then talk about your mother, then talk about your dog. Nobody gives a shit. That's just true. tell the jokes. Just tell the damn jokes. <laughs> if they work, just fucking right. tell them. Right. If, if you're doing an hour special, you need segues. If you're doing a four minute <laughs> right. TV spot, just fucking talk give a joke. fast. <laughs> talk fast and don't mumble. Yeah, yeah. I'm always afraid that I'm going to mumble. I'm such a mumbler sometimes. Really? Yeah. Uh-huh. Happened sometimes. It happened. Uh, I don't know. I was taping something last week just in New York and, and I had to get a joke out and I was like, fraw, fraw. it's like, what just, ha- I just lost control of my tongue. That, that doesn't happen. The worst one that happened to me was, um, I did the nightly show and their, their round table is a free for all, right? You just got to yell the loudest, which I didn't know. I had never done the show. So I had a joke and I only did the setup and I didn't get to do the punch. And then I got a bunch of hits. Damn, you're a horrible sexist person. Cause it was an Ikea joke and it was about women and men in Ikea. And I only got the woman part out. What was the setup? Know? Do you remember well, what the it setup was? was? It, yeah. It was about how women like nesting and you know i don't remember exactly what the joke was it had something to do with something was going on with ikea at the time and i was talking about how women like nesting and building a home and stuff love it and how men 
I, I remember what it was. And then men, we act like, yeah, well, I'm here to build the furniture. And then you get to the house and she's building the furniture because men can't fucking follow instructions, right? So that was the joke. But all I got out was women like nesting. Oh, you horrible, sexist, no good bastard. You know. But women do like nesting. Yeah, but it doesn't matter, right? When you say, that's the thing. another thing about social media. Oh. Even if you say something that's true, it's hard. Like if you say black people like basketball, you racist son of a bitch. Yeah. You know, good. Yep. It's like, well, actually, we it's do. It's just a fact. We do, and we're extremely good at it. <laughs> <laughs> people, it's it's, it's a, this platform people have. Social media gives like just everyday people the right that their opinion is highly coveted. Yeah, I did a I did a show for the ACLU yesterday, and I said I, I appreciate what you guys do. You defend people's rights. You need like you shouldn't have to defend the rights of stupid people. You know, I'm all for free speech, man. but if you're stupid, then and the poster is if you if you hold up the sign, keep government out of my Medicare. No, no, we don't defend you. Yeah, that's just dumb. It's just <laughs> you, so dumb. No, you, if you're if your sign is spelled wrong. Mm, no, no, we, we cannot defend your when rights it's spelled wrong. And when people make these like po- trying to make these poignant facts and, and points on Facebook and they spell shit wrong, the you're and you're the there theirs. Yeah. I'm like, I can't. Oh, no, I'm not talking you about lost that. Me. that. No, I'm, I, I love, you know, the Black Lives Matter haters that I hate nigers. You're like, N-I-G-E-R. Oh, is that a yeah. new animal we Am haven't I, found? Mm, okay. Well, What's if you niger? find one, yeah. you find one, you go ahead and hate it like that. And that's where you find it. You find the dumbest it, it shouldn't be any surprise, but like the most hateful things is where you find the dumbest, dumbest people, people, you know. Because it's rooted in 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 like this fear and this total ignorance. Yeah, and it definitely usually is synonymous yeah. with. Yeah, there's only one idiocracy. e in fetus for those who plan to head to the abortion <laughs> clinic. Just so you know, there's only one e. Oh I, my I've, god! I've seen those signs. I, I know you've seen those. Yes. Yeah. yeah you're just like, mm, yeah, okay. It's and it's it's. To me, and as comedians, being on the road, and we go to you know the we go from one coast to the other, and we see all types of people. And in in the when you go to these towns, you realize that there's a usually kind of like a common heartbeat amongst yeah. these people and what they think and their ideology. And when you get to the middle of the country, you realize that there's a lot of narrow. The more in the middle you get, the more narrow-minded I feel a lot of people tend to be. Do you find that? Yeah, but uh, but I don't blame the middle as much as the south. Because yeah. in the middle, they literally haven't seen, like, this is all new to them. Yeah. They've seen black people. They have not seen Latinos. They didn't know gays existed. Right. You know what I mean? So it's it's a, but they're not, they're like, wow, like, they have to adjust to this. Right. You know what I mean? But in the South, they, and, and this is not all, but that certain percentage is, they're intentionally ignorant. Like, they refuse yeah. to, ex- like, the, the, the evidence is in front of them. And so they refuse to accept it. Those are the ones. That's why I'm all for allowing the South to secede. You know, it, it comes up every now and then. And it I'm does. like, when you ask, we will let you go. Yeah. You, you tell yourself you won the war. Just leave. Yeah, you just know, get it, the F out. And, and yesterday, Jeff Garland was on the show I was doing. And he said something. And I wonder about this. Now, he, maybe he's more positive than me. He was talking about Hillary Clinton winning the election in November. And he said that. There are a lot of dumb people in America, but there are more smart people. And it's just the smart people tend to be quieter. 
And maybe that's true. There's something you know? to that. I mean, last election, that's what happened. You know, I, I call it the grown-ups. It was like it looked close between Romney and Obama. And yeah. then on election day, the grown-ups showed up. Yeah. And Obama won. And it was like, people like, what are you, what are you, of course I'm voting for Barack yeah, Obama. Been quiet the, the whole time. The country's working. Yeah. <laughs> you know what? I give, a, I give a shit if he's black. Yeah. Look, I, ha- I have a job. Gas costs $2 a gallon. You're damn right. Yeah. I, I'll vote for him a third time. You yeah. Know? So I, I don't know. I hope that's what's going to happen. But our, but our election cycle, it becomes a lower and lower common denominator. And, and for you guys, I joke all the time and, and I'm, I'm going to, put you in the class of millennial, not in any negative way okay, other than based right on there. your age. I'll put you in the uh, class of based on interracial your category yeah. of porn. No, yeah, I believe <laughs> me, I'm right there. But <laughs> You and I should be the poster for that. But I always say, like, well, listen, we had a good run. I wish you guys luck. Fuck. Cause, We're fucked. Because it... it it's weird. In some ways, yes, and in other ways, no. It's 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 the United States. It's the best and worst of everything. Do you know? There's a drop. Um, my my man sent me an article about entrepreneurs in this generation, and there's 65 percent less young kids within the age range of like you know whatever, 29 to like 35, 36 that are actively trying to be. Uh, you know, create jobs or create right. a business. 65% less than and it's been in the past. I'd be curious as to the reason behind Instagram, that. Instagram. Yeah. Snapchat. Yeah, a lot of laziness. A lot of laziness. A lot of entitlement. Entitlement. Like spoiled. Yes. You know, but, I, 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 and that is part of it. I don't know, like I say, that's why I say I don't know what's going to happen. Because, yeah, you talk about Snapchat, but the same generation invented Snapchat. It's so true. some guy made a billion dollars. Someone made a billion <laughs> you know dollars. I mean? Somebody had the idea. But so it's, 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 it's a weird conundrum because we're in this generation where information is more accessible than it's ever been. We can literally go to college on our own dime at home on our phones. Right. If you're if you're that motivated, you could get a whole college education on your cell right. phone. But on the other flip of that, this Instagram generation, you could just sit at home and also just do squats holding your child and sell products on your Instagram page and not do shit to Amazingly. forward society. Amazing. Doing fucking fine. <laughs> Amazingly. Like chilling. That that kind of shit it, it fascinates me because it's like, why do I have an act? Couldn't I have you, just I come mean, up with something and done I that? Just borrow a repeatedly? kid and do kitchen yeah. squats <laughs> and, and sell, you know, Shred X or whatever. Fucking. And you know, what, you know, it's funny. Every mother is like, "What the fuck?" I did kitchen squats. My like, I did. You know, if a woman I has three kids, if a woman has three kids, it's like, you know, how many kitchen squats I did. <laughs> I didn't know what could charge people. What you could charge people to do kitchen squats <laughs> with you? It's it's so it's like this weird middle ground of we have all the tools we need to be the most amazing generation, but do we have the motivation and ambition? And I don't know if we do. I don't know if we do because I, again, I don't know. I'm not. You know, I don't knock millennials. I do knock hipsters. Yeah, yeah knock them over straight like, over literally into just, the street. Oh, I just, <laughs> you know, here here's the thing: when 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 they grabbed the Amish and shaved them. <laughs> It was a terrible thing. If you grab a hipster and shave him, we're okay with that. We, we're not going to get <laughs> Don't mad. shave the pays off the Amish. Or that, that's, no, that's the you orthodox. Can't, you can't. That, the Amish, that was a hate crime. Yeah, that's a hate crime. You can't shave them. That, that's but a biblical hipster, hair. But a hipster, nah. Get, get rid of that beard. Nah. Get rid of that whole. Yeah, go ahead. Shave it. Might, might be a job under that. Who wears linen and suspenders in the summer, oh you hipster God. asshole? 
Uh, and and Portland, that's my favorite place. The lumber sexuals. The lumber, yeah. They, I they, realize, they I just found out about that. They literally look like lumberjacks. They do, and, and they call never them lumber worked, sexuals. Yeah, and they've never worked a day. They, you drop them in the woods with a tree, they're dead. the trees are safe. The mosquito stings <laughs> them and they die. They die from a mosquito bite. But they can tell you about so, craft beers. And you, Yeah, and you're you're a young woman, so fortunately you said you have a man, and I'm assuming he's a guy and you're okay. Cause he's a manly man. You know, I have a niece. My, my, the one I was worried about, the 20, she's 24. I was worried about it. I was like, there might be a hipster involved. But uh, no I, and I talked to her and she said, I hate beards. I was like, good. Yeah. Good. So, yeah. Because they're, so, they're like, I feel like hipsters are just like lazy dudes that just want to look. You know, they also just want to have like their Instagram page pay for their life. Yeah. And and the funny thing is, and they were because t- I was making fun of them and they, they were like, my beard is manly. And I'm like, no, you know what's manly? Like, be able to change a tire. Oh, like, you, like you know my, what I mean? Do something. Do, yeah, do like get a job. Yeah. Like that, that's manly that shit. Manly. Go to work. Yeah. You know, what'd you do today? I'm tired. Why? Yeah. I went to work. That's some manly shit. My that, man laid a floor would... down and I was like, I'm, I'm, you just got three years of blowjobs. You just laid a floor. I'm sorry. What? Yeah. I, I'm, I can do mechanical <laughs> stuff, but I, I can't do house stuff, but I have a friend who does all that. I'm like, man, that shit good for you. Just like, a tool I'm, belt. Yeah, I do know how to. Belt? I do know how to use tool. But even even changing a tire, or like when this guy told me he didn't know how to jump a battery, jump start a battery. I was like, what? Did, what do you mean? Like, when did they stop teaching that? When they started teaching how to <laughs> pomade your beard. He said. He said you just call AAA or whatever. You just call service. What if a man and can if, change if a tire? If I pulled up, if I was a triple A guy and I pulled up and you needed a battery jump started and you didn't know how to do it, as a man, I'd get back in my truck. I'd be like, <laughs> you know something, good fucking luck. Like, no, I'm not jump. You you figure this out. I'm here. I got jumper cables. If you don't know how to hook these up, I'm leaving. Do you, are, have you been married or <laughs> no? I never, never. I'm married to this shit. I, yeah. Another another story from one of my hero mentor friends, whatever, Lewis Black. When I heard Lou say that, Lou's, you know, I don't know, 10 years older than me or something like that. But they asked Lou one time, you never got married. Ah, married to this shit. And I was like, that's exactly it. Yeah. I'm, yeah. And she is a jealous bitch. She yeah, does she not like competition. Vindictive. She wants all my time. Yep. She at times pays well. I give her that. Sometimes she puts out. She, yeah. She does well. But uh, she makes you work for it. Yeah. No, I had I had there were two women I look back in my life and say, mm, should have married, should have married. And then there's really? one that I'm like. Thank God I didn't. <laughs> There's two you think about that? Two I think about that, yeah. Mm-hmm. And do you do you talk to them still? One of them I still talk to now and then. She's married. Oh. And we, yeah, we don't we don't talk like that. Although one time she said, she said, oh, yeah, if this ever doesn't work, you're my first call. You know, and I was like, don't tell me that. You're like, listen, I'm going to set your house on fire. Don't tell me that shit. <laughs> but, um, yeah, and the other one, the, you know, and you talk about what's sexy – she was the smartest woman I've ever dated, and that was sexy as hell. And Do you hear that, ladies? All you women out there, he said, she was the smartest woman, and it was sexy as hell. Stop worrying about your motherfucking eyebrows, your goddamn waistlines, 
all this shit, just get some damn education. Yeah, I mean, all that's great. Listen, I love- All that love, stuff is good, too. I love beautiful women. I love women who are comfortable being sexy. Yeah. I've always loved women more than girls for that reason. Right. Girls try too hard. Women right. are like, yeah, I wear heels because I look good in heels. Right. It's not a statement. I don't need it. Right. It's not a statement. Right. But, you know, and, and I love all of that. But no, she was, she was um, smarter than me. And and really, she was. She was actually a genius. This this was the funny thing to me. She was like, "Yeah, I went to Harvard." I'm thinking when I was 16. I was like, what? I was like, "So you really a fucking genius? Like that's you know you seldom meet someone who's what? really a genius. Like you're like, oh, you're a genius. Like no, you really like you have papers and shit. You can certify you were. What did a she genius. go for? She was a. It, it was so funny. She was a corporate lawyer, and she left that, and she started teaching. As far as I know now, she works as a teacher, and she's a mom and all that. But she was, um, yeah. And I was just too dumb. I didn't. I was afraid to move her to L.A. and commit to all that. Right. You know, it was a dumb move. But anyway, um, yeah. Smart women. Smart women are phenomenal. Um, I love fit women. I love a woman. If a woman has visible muscle. I fucking lose it. Like, Can you I call love your next title shit. Visible Muscle? I love that shit. I always said that if I had made it like huge and I had to hire security, I would have had two women bodybuilders to protect me at all times. That, that's to be that sexy as hell. Like, yeah. Visible Muscle. Visible did you, Muscle. Did you cry when China died? Um, no, but I, I, you know, she was on my list. She was? Oh, fuck Shut yeah. Shut up. Yeah. The only thing, the only thing when China went too far with the roids and the jaw went to a man jaw, that ruined China for me. China's on your list? She, Who the else? Man, Serena? The man jaw the ruined man jaw it ruined for it. me. Who else but you other like? than that, uh, Serena Serena's Williams? sexy. So I was saying, th- th- they just had doubles at Wimbledon. Yeah. Can you imagine looking across the court at the Williams sisters? Terrified. You're like, you know something? We don't even have to play. I would shark my tennis <laughs> skirt. <laughs> like, look, we don't even have to no, play. We, How done. about we just, you know, Let's, yeah, we're going to go ahead and concede. Let's just say <laughs> we're going to jump ahead to what's going to happen. Because you, you're literally like, there's two, like, think of the four years that Serena, oh. that, um, that Venus was playing. And then Serena Jesus. came out and they were all like, wait, there's, the, another there's another one? one? And then when <laughs> they play a, each other? They, that one's better? What? You're like, what is going you know, on? Like, like, Tiger Woods didn't have a little brother. Yeah. You know what I mean? Yeah. Like, you're like, all right, Tiger's done. We can play golf now. Yeah. You know, it's, it, with Venus, it was like, yeah, I'm tired. But my sister's pretty good. <laughs> and you're like, and the pretty good is better than anybody's yeah. best. No, Ser- Serena is, um, Serena Williams is definitely sexy. She's uh, a babe. Um, Eva Mendez is on my list. Eva Mendez has that latin dangerous she does hot psycho like she might kill you and you're like that's good and you're like it's fine because that I'll face go. is angelic go. yeah and, she's got a great mouth and um <laughs> vanessa williams because vanessa williams i don't even know how old she is and she's still amazing oh, no, she still looks great i think she's she, in her 60s yeah and it's Let's still look it up. still crazy hot what's it's a like, guess how old do you think vanessa um, williams is? i'm gonna go 61 i'm gonna go because she was it was in the 80s when she was miss America or Miss You're World right. or whatever it was. I'm gonna so. say 63. Let's see how old she is. Vanessa Williams, actress. They don't want to say how fucking old she is. Wikipedia. Here we go. Damn, she still looks good, and she's touring. <laughs> she's 53. No, she's older than that. So, well, she's got some. She's got some Google stuff happening yeah. for her. It says is she 53. 53. Maybe she. No, I thought she was older than that. She was Miss Syracuse. I'm from Miss Syracuse. She was Miss Syracuse. What year? 1983, she was Miss New York, 1983, then Miss America, 1984. Okay, then, yeah, so then she is. So, all right, I'm in the age range. Now I just need an NBA career. <laughs> 
can I possibly get an NBA? <laughs> which I actually used to have. I used to tell people I played for the '89 Clippers because no one knows. <laughs> no one knows. No one knows who played for the Clippers. You're you know. tall. You're a tall dude. Too. I'm six three. I'm six three. So to to ordinary people, I look like a pro athlete. To people who've never actually met a pro athlete, you know, <laughs> once you meet a pro athlete, like, oh yeah, Lon, no, you're not. Like, no, his face is no, too symmetrical. Not. He's yeah. not a pro athlete. I've, I've been around those guys. That that's one of those things that I've loved. Like I back when I played ball a lot, I got to play with some NBA players, and I don't know what the female equivalent is for this, and maybe it's a sports thing or whatever. But every man, if you play sports, you wonder, could I have made it? Yeah. Could I have blah blah blah. I got to play with NBA players. You learn in two minutes. Nope, not a chance. Yeah, Completely they're so quick. different game. They're quick. They're strong. Like everything they do, they do that much better. Their pivots better. are like. Phew. Yeah, yeah, but it but it was it was fun being on the court and getting to play ball with those guys. I love that. I think the equivalent so. for women is being a stripper. Really? Yeah. I mean, for me, it's always like I wish I could be that flexible and that comfortable, just flipping around a pole. Yeah. And just collecting that cash. Yeah, they are athletic. They're very athletic. They're very athletic. Very athletic. And they have that visible muscle that you're talking about. Some do. Visible Some do, daddy but you gotta issues. Be careful. You got to be careful of drugs and daddy issues. Yeah, like, those are more visible. Thin, <laughs> and she's a little more thin next week, you know. So, visible mess sores. Yeah, yeah. You got to be, you know. It's, that that whole world, that stripper porn world, it's because it's comics, we're we're in it all the time, yeah. right? Because we're, we're two sides of the same coin. Yep. And the women who aren't, who do it but aren't fucked up are fascinating. They are know? fascinating because they figured out how to do it uh, without getting too deep. Right, right. But but the ones who are fucked up, it's like tragic. It is know? tragic. But I feel the same it, way about like when I go into these small towns and I go to like a Waffle House or, or a diner yeah. and a waitress comes up and you're like, what the fuck mm-hmm. happened to you? Yeah. I had this one What's chick. What's your story? What's your story? I was in Beaver Falls, Pennsylvania. She came up and I was like, I want to know what her story is because she talked slow. She's, you could see her self-loathing a little bit. Yeah. She had makeup on, so she cared, but there's sadness behind her eyes. Well, you know, sometimes it's you never got out of that town. The The other side of that coin is when you're in a town, and we were, it was some little town in southern southern Illinois, like right across from St. Louis, you know, like across the river. I don't, yeah. I don't know the exact the, the woman, we checked in the hotel. This woman was one of the most beautiful. Like, she was stunning. Yep. You know, and you're like, what the hell are, you, are here? you doing here? Like, leave. They don't Just know. Just leave. You'll be okay. They don't know. <laughs> you know? And, and yeah, and they don't. And, and, and sometimes those women, and, you know, the other funny thing when you start doing the Midwest, because I'm a city guy. I grew up in New York. I moved here. You like twenty three? Yeah, I've been married four years, got three kids, and it's like normal. Chill. Like it's not a it's not yeah. a mistake. It's like they yeah, that's it. what they do. Yeah. You know, you get out of high school, you get married, and that that America is gone, right? That America that is America the one is... that Walmart destroyed. Yeah, because there's no local hardware store to nope. work at, and there's no, uh, you know, whatever it, it, they used to do. They used to work at the plant. Yeah, there was always a job. Manufacturing at the plant, jobs, and the, and the plant isn't there. That. When you go through that Midwest Rust Belt, you know, for Ohio and Indiana yep. and uh, Michigan and all that, those people, it's like you want to tell them, listen, these jobs ain't coming back. Like, it's over. It is over. You know, it's o- and Donald Trump ain't going to help you. Fuck, um, we're fucked. Yeah. Syracuse so. is kind of like that because we had, yeah, like, manufa- Syracuse a manufacturing is like town. Syracuse is a uh, very uh, blue-collar, very blue-collar. Rust, rust Belt yep. town. Yeah. We had, you know... Um, 
New Process Gear, Carrier. We right. had a bunch of car manufacturers. And Those they almost caught down. Jim Beheim. Yeah. Which, you know, they sort of caught Jim Beheim. They're like, Jim? He was like, all right, I'll stop. Yeah. All right. He's like, all right, I'll chill, I'll chill. <laughs> I mean, if Jim Beheim goes, that whole town just yeah, will Jim sink Beheim into goes, the ground. They were like, we can't. Somebody <laughs> called. Somebody called. And said, Listen, you can't take Beheim. That, that's all they got. Like, that's all they got. We got the New York State Fair. We've got Coney hot dogs, and we got Jim Beheim. That's right. You can't take Beheim from Syracuse. <laughs> Don't take Beheim from us. What happened to Syracuse? Oh, Beheim left. Oh, they got and Beheim. we closed it. <laughs> We closed it. We tried to sell it to Canada, but they weren't interested. So we just shut it down. Canada was like, did you guys get rid of Bayheim? <laughs> Fuck you. Uh, what do you, uh, I want to ask you this because I haven't yeah. talked to anybody about this yet. What do you think about what happened in Dallas? Um, horrible. Uh, and, you know, and I, I posted a few times about it. Um, it. Horrible for a lot of reasons. First of all, the worst thing about it, and and this is the, the two black men who got shot and the five cops who got shot. The real of their they they left the home they left home that day and they're never coming back. Like that's the part I can't imagine. You know, somebody your 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 father, your son, your husband, your whatever it is, they're never coming back. That that is a I can't even imagine the pain because you didn't see it coming. It's not like losing someone to a sickness. It's not like an old person. This is someone who goes out every day, does yeah. their life, and comes back. That woman in Minnesota to watch the police kill her boyfriend. How does she, how does she, how does she, you know, I don't know how you handle that kind of trauma. The, the, um, you know, Dallas was, I, I, I don't want to use the word inevitable, but you saw it coming. You can't, you can't dismiss black lives. You can't continue to anger people on black people or any people on that level and not expect somebody to snap. There's a retaliation. This guy snapped. It would, I'm not saying what he did was right. I'm saying that this is what would happen. Um, and the worst thing about it in the black community is it became more dangerous the day after. You know, the, the day, day, after, the day right. after was when my friend, I have two friends in particular, two close friends that have uh, black sons in their late teens and 20s. And I was like, grab your son, tell him don't do anything. Nothing. Keep his head down. Don't, you know, because, and they were scared to death. One particularly, she has two sons in Texas in their 20s. She, she was like, I, I don't know what to do. And and it's because you're worried about the police retaliation. You know, I, I've dealt with it in my life. I think every black person has, um, but I'm a large black man, right? So I've dealt with cops. The, the, the scariest thing is to be in a situation when a cop is scared of you. And I've That's been in that situation. That's how I felt situation. about that video with that woman. He, yeah. Do you hear when he spoke? He sounded terrified right. and, after he had shot that kid there's nothing worth because when a cop is scared of you he might do anything you know and and la had the same problems in the 80s and 90s under daryl gates daryl gates was a police chief with during rodney king and oj and all that, and he was worse he was horrible and he ran a racist police force and i had to deal with getting pulled over for driving while black and you know there used to be places you didn't go like you just didn't go to beverly hills cuz you knew beverly hills cops were going to hassle you uh burbank cops were going to hassle you so you had that we, i don't know what the solution is but the other thing i posted and this is absolutely true and i posted it as a joke like the racists always you know some of my best friends are black well some of my best friends are cops i've i've known yeah. a lot of cops over the years Me too. i've done shows for 
different police departments yeah. and stuff. Cops are people. There's a lot of them that they're very funny. There is a gallows humor to it. I've dated a couple of cops here and there. They, you know, it's a tough job. It is it's a, a very tough, tough job. job. And, and not it, all of them are racist and no, not all of them are profiling. A, not even close. Not even close. But the worst of them, the, the, the worst thing in the police department is the, uh, what do they call it? The code, the blue code or yes. whatever is where the, the good cops won't rat out the bad cops and it's like you have to you have that that you has have to change to, you have to clean up your own house you know who the cops are who are doing this and you have to get rid of them yeah, like why are know? they cover you know it, it's so it, it's such well they they say because when you're on the street you don't know who's there and he's got to have your back that's what it is it, it's you know i talked to a guy in in he was an army ranger in special forces right and he said look what we do has nothing to do with the politics of war I have to do my job because the guy next to me, his life depends on me doing my job. And, and, and police, I think they look at it the same way. And for most of them, like they say, most of them never draw their gun and it's never that dramatic. But there are times when that's what they're thinking. Now, I have a friend who's with the Long Beach police and she told me, she said, the problem is so many police are not educated. She said, these aren't police these are security guards yeah they're security guards with guns and, and even she the said cop that training they, isn't good she said that you know if police had if they had a, a higher standard of education where you know some college was necessary yeah. and then she said and you have to learn to deal with other races she said because people live in their own tribe right so if they you sure live do. around all of the same people and now you're thrust in and usually that situation is somebody who's around white people all the time is now thrust into a black or a Latino neighborhood as the law, you you know, it's easy to snap because you don't understand the culture. And, and your fear sort of drives you right, in that Right, right. I mean, when when Alton um, Sinclair in Louisiana, you know, he was hustling CDs in front of a store. Like, that's, in the hood, people do that. You know what I mean? And you Why had, did they take him down you, and fucking shoot but him? But you man. had him down. See, that that's the thing. You already had, had him, him down. You had him down. Why? And, I don't, it, to me, it's ill-educated Cops, cops who aren't properly trained in fear, like you say, yeah. from not being exposed to a certain type of person. And the other thing is there's no penalty for it. There's no penalty. And the you irony know, is and the hypocrisy that exists is that cops, like you said, they're not they're not um, talking about the bad cops and what they're right. doing. They're, they're, they're totally under a blanket where they're all supporting each other. Right. But yet they go into the hood and they pull kids out of the hood and they want them to rat out all these other people so yeah. that they can catch them. Right. Well, if these guys are ratting them out so you can find some sort of justice in the streets, why doesn't that bleed over into the police force? It's it's the double standard. And this is where the anger comes from. This this is where the anger comes from, these kind of things. And, and you know, I don't know in the long term. Like, I don't know what America is going to be in 50 years. Fuck. I don't know. In We're going to be Wally. We, we may be. Yeah, it could be the worst. It could. It could. Fi- we could figure it out. You know, um, on the hope side, uh, I have a friend. He has three kids. They're. Seven, I think three, and a newborn. Wow! And he said they fucking. He said, "Yeah, yeah, he's good busy. for them." Well, he's a musician. That's oh, what yeah. they do. But he said, "You know something? My kids have only known a black president. Think about that. To his kids, it is not unusual. So when his kids grow up, it's not going to be true. unusual for there to be a black president. That that's a there are a million kids, you know, in America to whom the black president, like, yeah, it's, it's normal." normal. That's that's it's an interesting uh, so, thing to you, think about. You know, and and the other thing is that white male, and I do a whole bit about it, but that 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 Trump supporter white male, the the angry, racist, sexist, you know what? Ill educated. He's dying. 
He is he's dying. He's dying. This is his last gasp. And he's he's, he's climbing up a muddy train, wall. Yeah, he's trying to train a few youngsters, but they're sort of they're not really going to buy into it. Yeah. They're sort of you know. They, and the other ones that bother me, I think this guy like this guy named Wallace. I think he is one of these white white supremacist, whatever, the one who came out and said, all right, Obama and Black Lives Matter, it's on. This is war. Let, drop him in a black neighborhood. You know, those are the guys I want to see. Yeah, we're going to, we, listen, we're going to drop you off <laughs> at 164th and Central. At 4 a.m. No, we we get in the middle of the afternoon. Okay, we'll get in the middle of the afternoon. But we, we want you to let them know it's on. <laughs> let, let them, because, you know, because as you know, or you may not know, Black people have superhuman strength. It, it's the one excuse that annoys me more because I'm one of them, right? It's a, you hear it over all these all these people get killed by the cops, and the first the cops, are, he had superhuman strength. He, when he grabbed me, you know, you know, Trayvon Martin had superhuman strength. Trayvon Martin weighed a buck twenty. He was seventeen. Trayvon Martin was a skinny kid. He was a Trayvon, skinny kid. Trayvon did not have super. Michael Brown grabbed me and he yanked the door off the car with one hand and pulled me out. It was somewhere between the Hulk and Thor that I was up against with some Iron Man throwing. It's like, would you at least at least come up with a more creative excuse? Does everyone have to have superhuman strength? I Read it. Go back and read the, the articles and the Super defense. It's human a, the black strength. man, would, there were five of us on top of him, but we had to kill him. You know, Eric Gardner, there were five of us, but he had superhuman oh strength. My God. And, and you're just like, you know something? Maybe you should work out. Yeah, may, may, You're a cop. It, well, you, half these cops, they've, they've got guts. Right. And they're yeah. sweating and they're, and they're unhealthy. And again, it, 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 it's, you know, it's a black mark on police departments, you know, and not, not, again, not to dismiss the Dallas shooter, but if you continue to push people, they're gonna then push back. there's going to be somebody who's extremely mad who's going to snap. You know, you, the, the white kid who shot the people in church in South Carolina, he was an example the other way. Yep. You kept telling him that black people had taken over and, and he, you know, you can't get a job because of black people and black people this and black. And he, he listened to you Yep. and he snapped. And, and, and again, this is the other double standard. See, he was just a one time, he was just one case, but the shooter in Dallas, all black people are now killers who are out to kill cops. You know, it, that's it, how it, that, that's where the, that's the double the, standard yeah, that's happens. That's the narrative. And, and it's terrible. But, you know, what are you going to do? I mean, you, you have Fox News and you have that whole machine feeding this narrative. And you have what you were talking about. These people in the Midwest and the South who don't encounter and don't interact with anyone who's different. And they believe this shit. And they believe it know? because it's just easier to believe than to educate and, and expose yourself. Yeah. So I'm going to convert them one daughter at a time. That was my <laughs> that was my mission. I did my part. One daughter at a time. Damn it. Yes, we can. That's right. Alonzo Bowden, one daughter at a time. <laughs> <laughs> and that's the other thing. We comics do find the humor. It's, some of it's horrible, but it's our job. We have to talk about it. We have um, to talk we about did, it, man. We don't want to talk about it the day it happens, but within a couple of days, we're here to help people breathe. We have to because yeah. it, the, the the pain of it is too visceral. I remember I was in a, a diner in Pennsylvania a few days, Thursday, and uh, just watching the video from um, Sinclair. Was that was yeah. his last name, mm -hmm. right? And just, just baffled by what was going on. And I felt this overwhelming sadness. I felt like I, I felt so sad. And I also felt that I was like, something's going to happen tomorrow. Something, somewhere. Yeah, there's a, um, 
there's a helplessness. You know, you're, yeah. you're sad, and you and the, and the thing was, I think what really triggered it was we hadn't even heard the Sinclair story when it happened no. again. Like you literally thought, wait, this is the same. No, there's two. Like you thought yeah. it was the same news story, and yep. it's like, wait a minute, again. Yep. And and you know, and it's not just that. It's the same thing with mass shootings. You know what this did? Made everyone forget Orlando. <laughs> Orlando's done. Orlando's gone yep. out of the news cycle. Nobody this cares. Is the they, new they, thing. they were still killed. There were fifty gay people, people st- killed still in people a hate in hospital, crime. Healing. Right. And gone means not like that's how our news cycle works. It's a shame. But it's true. No, if you mention Orlando now, people are like what? They're like, I love you going to Disney World. You talking about the Gator Baby? They remember yeah. the Gator Baby, yeah. but not the shootings. It's it's um and and let me tell you something, the Gorillas family in Cincinnati wants that Gator dead because they're like this is bullshit, you know. I mean, they want that gator dead. There's a family of gorillas that is like, what the fuck? Because they took his limelight? Yeah. they No, they killed the gorilla. <laughs> they killed the gorilla. They, they killed the you gorilla. Know, I said that. I was like, you know, gorillas are highly intelligent creatures. You know they had a meeting of the minds. Like, yo, they got Harambe. What the fuck are we going to do? I got to tell you, and this may just be, it may be a generational thing. I don't even think it's a black, white thing as much as a generational thing. But my mother, if you got in the gorilla cage, you're going to get out of the yeah, gorilla you cage. You it figured out. it out. Figure you it figured out. out how to get in. No, no, no. Don't shoot the no, gorilla. No, 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 no. No, he got he in there. Figure- he wanted to get I got two other kids. I ain't too worried about this one. He wanted to get in there. He going to figure out how to get out of there. That's right. Video that. Video that. Some bitch like to play with gorillas. Let him figure this shit out. You know, that that's old school parenting. That's not in a book. That's gone out of America. That's, yeah, that's not in a book. That's that's parenting when you were like, yeah, you want to get in a gorilla Go cage? Ahead. Go ahead. Go ahead. Go ahead. Yeah, no, you you be all right. <laughs> Do you, you do that on stage? Uh, yeah. That's yeah. funny. At least leave you in there for a little while. <laughs> she might have let you get rescued, but at least there's going to be a period of time <laughs> where, where she's going to be like, no, you going, mm-hmm. you want to be, you want to get in a gorilla cage. Look she's at it. She's going to let it percolate. My mom's hilarious. My mom oh, says, God. she says shit like that that leaves me falling down laughing. <laughs> and she does it. And I got it from her at the most inappropriate moments, you know. Oh, man. She's from South Carolina. She's from Deep South. And she, I thank her all the time for having moved to New York. But we used to go down there all the time when my grandmother was alive. And this is, so whenever they have a funeral, if you've ever been to a Southern Baptist funeral, I haven't, but I've it's heard. It's a production. Yeah. It's, it's a, and they all. And they she, feel the feels. She's like, look at them. She said, yeah, they all yelling, take me, Lord, take me. She said, but ain't none of them jumping in that hole. And I'm like, mom, don't make me laugh right now. Don't stand next to the grave cracking jokes. She said, ain't none of them jumping in that hole. I, I lost it. I lost it. Yeah, she's she's my favorite. She cracks me up with little. It's just little it's little shit nuances. Like that. Yeah. The subtleties. And you know, at the funeral, she's like, "They all yelling, take me. Ain't none of them jumping in that hole." That that stayed with me forever. That stayed with me forever. That was so funny. That's fucking hilarious. <laughs> oh man, where where uh, where can people stalk you online? Um, at Alonzo Bowden. I use my name for Twitter yep. and Facebook. On on Instagram, I'm so funny. Z o f u n n y. Somebody took my name on Instagram. I don't know if you've what ever tried to get your name or something back. Like you send your ID, you, it goes into a black hole. I don't. I had to email back and forth. There's no phone. You can't talk to anyone at Instagram. And I don't know where all my stuff went but someone has my name but i don't care i just use zo funny they Z-O-F-U. took they took your name yeah, they took my i guess they thought oh we're gonna charge him a million dollars to buy his name back yeah good luck with that i'm gonna call you know? instagram for you i'm gonna if raise you, hell if you got a friend i got a friend honestly i i have tried to get it back but you know because I, I have like 
2,500 people on Instagram, something like that. But cool. I post. And, uh, yeah, so it's so funny. But, yeah, if you go to at Alonzo Bowden, alonzobowden.com, Christella and I are each other's favorite Alonzo. <laughs> yeah. So it's, uh, <laughs> That's really cute. She, oh, yeah, we've worked together. We've worked together. I love Christella. She's here. She's at the improv Yeah, soon. I know. Yeah. I love Christella. But, yeah, we we joke. about. And then we did a show once. We did a show at Comedy Magic Club. It was called The Alonzos. <laughs> it was Christella Alonzo. It was Ed Alonzo, the magician, yeah. and me. That's yeah, fun. The three of us. Yeah, we had a blast. So. Yeah, that that's me, um, Alonzo Bowden. I'm not hard to find. I, I've yet to be proven guilty of anything, so I don't have to hide. Right? Hands up. You don't have to. You don't have to be like, oh man, if they find out. Isn't that great about being a comic? Like other, unless you go to the Cosby extreme, you're pretty much scandal proof. You are. It is. It's right? kind of. It feels like a cheat in a way, but it is a, an amazing yeah, cheat. Yeah, you, you know, you, you you can never put a comic in a tabloid and have them say, no, I didn't do that. Like, right. Yeah, I did it. Yeah. yeah. Listen, the goat didn't mind and we're okay now the goats <laughs> the living goat, in my backyard it, it got a little therapy <laughs> we realized our dif- differences right. and we're fine and then they're like damn couldn't make that you know they try but they couldn't make that work you know they really, yeah. they tried with eddie murphy eddie murphy eddie <laughs> murphy's been so gay and he's been tr- trans eddie's been through all kind of shit and yeah. i think when when chris rock and his wife were having problems they tried and chris go but then chris goes on stage and jokes about his wife and you're like damn can't do it. You can't. You know, can't. So. I, you, you, it's true, though. As a comedian, you don't really worry about much. I remember a couple years ago, one of my exes was like, I'm going to put pictures of you online. And I bugged out. And then I thought thought about it. I was like, uh, all right. Uh, wh- what the fuck? Yeah. Great. I hope you do. Right. And unless you're unless you're married or have kids and you do something like that, like you know, people, like if you pictures in your line, they'd be like, damn, she's hot. Right. I thought she was hot. Yeah, she's fucking she hot. She got titties? <laughs> Jesse May got titties? Jesse, Jesse May funny and got titties. She always hides yep. behind baseball shirts. <laughs> <laughs> well, it's that, been such a joked, delight talking to you, man. Thank you. We, we joke about what? We joked with Tammy Pascatelli about that she's when we were doing funny, last man. comic. I love Tammy, but we were always like, you know, Tammy, you one low cut top away from winning this show. <laughs> Like you, you, you let the guns out. We don't have it. We don't have no defense. None. But she didn't. She covered them up. Some Thank gr- you, Tammy. Some girls, some girls don't want to let the girls out. Thank you, Tammy Pascatitti, for not letting the titties out. She, she's Tam's beautiful and funny. We had a good, like I said, we had a great time on the show. You so, lifelong friend? Yes, absolutely. absolutely. She seems so funny. Uh, yeah, Tam, um, Kathleen Madigan, I loved before, loved even more God, after. She's such a good comedian, she, man. Now, you, you talk about a master of the art. Like literally one of the masters of the art, yeah. Kathleen, and and me and Hefron, we still laugh all the time. Hef and I have had a weird parallel to our careers, and and we laugh about shit. We like when we won last comic, we both did the same thing. We both bought houses, and then we were calling each other with house shit. We were like, "Hey, man, you know you got to buy a ladder." Like you used to just Your ask the landlord, a like you have to go. You know, you know how much fucking ladders cost. We would, we would have, we'd be on the phone saying, "You know how much ladders cost?" I had to buy a fucking ladder. Doesn't the house come with one? You know, we we, we were doing all that. So, and um and uh, Gullman is a friend of mine. Gary Gullman, one of the Gullman's smartest guys. Classic. One of the smartest guys I know. And and Corey Holcomb. Just hilarious. Yeah, he's a joke I, machine, I man. I love Corey. I, love I auditioned Corey. for Last Comic Standing very early in my stand-up. Yeah. Uh, it was in front of Natasha. Oh, yeah. Gullman and, and, and Andy. Yeah. yeah. And 
I'm sure I could dig up whatever. The jokes were just terrible. Yeah. Well, you know, at that, like, you have to have, you had to have some time behind you to do that show. You yeah. had, you had, you know, you, you, they like to make you think it was some new people walking in the street. Now right. you had to work. Yeah. You had to be ready. You know. It was it was something. I was like, okay, I need to really put some work in now because I just got torn apart by these people. <laughs> <laughs> you just walk out so humbled. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I, I, I wonder how it would have been auditioning for Andy Kindler. I love Andy, but that could He's be spicy, hilarious. Man. Yeah, it, it's a, it almost could be funnier for Andy to not like you than to like you. Oh, he, he, he <laughs> the stuff that would come out of his mouth and the things that he said to me, it's just, it's like... You, you never forget it, but I forgot it, just yeah. so I would never forget yeah. it. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. It's like, I, I don't want to remember it. Yeah. So I had to burn it out of my goddamn brain. <laughs> <laughs> I think he said something along the lines of, you know, you should just probably wear a bikini, and this would have been better. <laughs> it was something like that. And I was like, okay, I'm going to go home. I'm going to go home and kill myself. <laughs> Look at you. Uh, that's hilarious. <laughs> no, because I could hear that in his voice. Yeah. You ever think about a bikini? Yeah, exactly. You ever think? Maybe a swimsuit. That'd be it. Do the jokes. Yeah. Yeah. yeah that'd yeah. be good. That'd be better. You'd be swimsuit girl. You should have done that. <laughs> right, exactly. You should have been swimsuit girl. <laughs> well, you're a delight, Alonzo Bowden. Jesse Bay, thank you. I'm going to find you so funny, and I'm going I'm to see if I can get your, your page back on Instagram. What if I could get your page back, but it came with a stipulation? And that would be? Um, doing kitchen squats. <laughs> I'll, I'll just somebody toss me a baby. <laughs> Toss me a baby, I'll we'll knock out twenty five kitchen squats <laughs> and and that'll be it. Get those visible muscles. Somebody else told me about um man bun guy. Oh God. That t- literally ties his hair in a man bun and shakes it out. And that's it? That's it. Yeah. No. Yeah. And he makes yeah. money? Yeah. They said he goes to Gold's gym in, no. in Venice and that he's ripped and he yeah, ties the bun and shakes it out. He's getting paid. That fills me with rage. <laughs> It fills me with rage. See, now the key is to do a crossover video of you getting up in his video. Yeah. And doing some shit to but ruffle you his shit up. But you because people, then you're a hater. Then you're, then a, you're hater. a hater. But people yeah. talk about haters. You know, it'd be great. You know, it'd be great just sitting next to him reading a book. <laughs> reading, like just, you know, his hair gets in your book. You kind of <laughs> stuff it to the side you and you go back aside. to reading a yeah, book. Yeah. Would anyone get that message? No. No, they wouldn't. <laughs> What, At all. What that guy doing there reading? What, what's he reading? <laughs> what is he reading for? Yeah, yeah. When, it, it makes me think of that Bill Hicks joke. Right. You know that yeah. Bill Hicks joke? Why do you read? Yeah, why do you, not why do you read, what you reading for? Yeah, what you well, reading? Well, I read for many reasons, one of which so I don't become a Waffle House waitress. <laughs> <laughs> well, I think you're amazing and I, I Thank respect you, your man. comedy and you're just, you're you're one of the greats, man. Thank you. You really Thank are. You. And so much fun and you, you are one of the young comics who's blowing up and I watch that. I love watching it. I well, love you. the next. Well, you're two generations behind me, you youngster. Yeah, but but it is fantastic and a continued success. And thanks for having me on. We've been trying to do this for months. For a while, we got yeah. it together. Two, two road comics trying to do a podcast. <laughs> Impossible. <laughs> you're you're where? You're in Wichita. Shit. I'm over here in North Carolina. Yeah. I'll catch you on the flip. I'm gonna be in LA from nine to one. <laughs> On Can we July do this in LAX? 19th. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> I'm at gate 39. <laughs> well, you're you're the best, man. Thank you. Thank you. Rock and I were raised with so many of the same values. Like you work hard for what you want in life. That your word is your bond that you do what you say you're going to do. My parents impressed on me the values that you work hard for what you want in life.
that your word is your bond and you do what you say and keep your promise. That you treat people with dignity and respect even if you don't know them and even if you don't agree with them. That you treat people with respect. They thought and showed me values and morals in their daily life. That is a lesson that I continue to pass along to our son. And we need to pass those lessons on to the many generations to follow. And Barack and I set out to build lives guided by these values and to pass them on to the next generation because we want our children and all children in this nation to know that the only limit to the height of your achievements is the reach of your dreams and your willingness to work hard for them. Because Because we want our children in this nation to know that the only limit to your achievements is the strength of your dreams and your willingness to work for them. Seeking the truth never gets old. Introducing June's Journey, the free-to-play mobile game that will immerse you in a thrilling murder mystery. Join June Parker as she uncovers hidden objects and clues to solve her sister's death in a beautifully illustrated world set in the roaring 20s. With new chapters added every week, the excitement never ends. Download June's Journey now on your Android or iOS device or play on PC through Facebook games.